yeah, they won. I'm not going to take away from a win a day after we were all marveling at how everybody in the NFL is playing toss-up games and it's all unpredictable. I'm not going to bury anybody over winning. But there's one component to this team that really needs to come around at some point. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Steelers 29, Bears 27 on a very late 40-yard field goal by Chris Boswell, and a whole lot else. But again, the bottom line is they won. They won. I asked T.J. Watt afterward to confirm that, in fact, they had won. A win is a win. Uh, it was definitely draining. Um, long game. I haven't checked how many plays it was, but I'm sure it was a decent amount for um, the defense. And um, I'll take a win. We got a short week here, and got to get Heinz Field going crazy again next week. It was insane tonight. Uh, can't give it. Can't give the fans enough credit for how loud and crazy they were tonight. Uh, they've been great all season long, and it, it, it helps us so much. So hats off to them. See, there it is. Take it from the guy with three sacks and utter dominance. All night long, they won. They've won four games in a row. They're five and three. They're right there in prime AFC playoff position. Tied for the third best mark. They won. Okay. But you tell me how... Anyone supposed to take this team seriously when over the course of the full season to date, through the eight games that have been played, the secondary hasn't done a damn thing. Unless I'm missing something here. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick had the one pass breakup. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, right before the bye. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Like, where's the splash? There's still not a single interception from any of these guys. Cam Hayward's pick in the game last night put him in a tie for the team lead. For interceptions, where are these plays? And what other kind of excuses need to be made at this point for... Nobody, nobody getting their hands on the football in this secondary. I'm tempted to lay it all on the coaching staff and the passive schemes that have been put in place. In particular, on this night... Mike Tomlin and Keith Butler decided that they were going to focus all of their efforts on keeping Justin Fields from beating them with his feet. This is, as I had talked about last week on several episodes, 
par for the course. This is a pride thing for them. They never want to get beaten on the ground by a quarterback. Well, okay, great. So Fields ended up with eight carries for 45 yards. That's half of what he had the previous week, so that's some kind of achievement, I guess. But Fields ended up 17 of 29 for 291 yards and a touchdown. And as I'm flipping through my big book here that they give you in the press box, if you go back to the first half, Fields was 5 of 11 for 63 yards, which means he did all of his damage in the second half, which means he did all of his damage while Tomlin and Butler did nothing to adjust. And unlike some people who just say, oh, coaches really need to adjust and never give you a specific as to what's meant by that, I'm going to be really specific. Arthur Millette barely made this team out of training camp. If they had wanted Millette to be the guy to replace Mike Hilton, they would have anointed him as such entering camp. They didn't do that. There were all kinds of competition and Antoine Brooks in the mix. Antoine Brooks gets hurt. They're still looking for somebody else to do it. And then by the time camp is over, they're like, all right, Arthur, whatever. It's your it's your job. Go ahead. Go nuts, kid. And Arthur is put into a really, really important position in this particular game because Tomlin and Butler decided – that they were going to keep as many people close to the line of scrimmage as possible so that Fields wouldn't be able to run on them. Well, Chicago's coaching staff didn't take halftime off. They came out and recognized that Mallette was being left one-on-one in his coverage, regardless of who he lined up across. And in turn, Mallette was being left alone even if that particular receiver went way deep downfield. So it happened, and it happened repeatedly. The Bears, whoever they put, Allen Robinson, Mooney, whoever they put there with Mallette, those guys would go streaking down the field. And there's Mallette. There's poor 35 is down there chasing whoever, you know, three, four strides behind him, and there's no safety in sight. Where was Minka Fitzpatrick? Where's Terrell Edmonds? This isn't on them. They're up at the line of scrimmage making sure that Justin Fields can't run. No double coverage. I'm not speculating on this. This was asked of Tomlin after the game, and this was his very succinct answer. Mike, it looked like uh, like Arthur Mallette was left a little in single coverage a little bit more than usual. Who's that? Uh, Arthur Mallette. 
uh, had left it. So was that part of the game plan this week to let Minka roam a little bit more? Because in the last couple games, he's kind of a double. Quarterback mobility challenges you from that standpoint. And so, yes, there's not only Arthur, but a lot of people are in single coverage when you're dealing with quarterback mobility. That's just a function of it. Along those lines, Mike, how much did you ask of uh, Terrell Edmonds in terms of various jobs and how did he come through? You know, um, you know, I like I like what he did. I like what everyone did. Man, we were challenged tonight. And so um, we won the game. We got some lessons to learn. Um, but it, like I said, again, it's good to learn those lessons while you win. I'm appreciative of Edmonds' efforts. Really? I mean, look, it's not like we haven't seen the Steelers take on running quarterbacks. We've seen it for years. In that span, I have never seen the Steelers let all of their defensive backs run naked. But that's what happened in this game. They threw everything up front, thinking, well, you know, we're going to contain him and we're going to keep our reputations as people who don't let quarterbacks run on us. Even when they watched play after play after play, picking them apart downfield by a kid they thought couldn't throw a football, apparently, there was never an adjustment. My friends, there's a word for this, okay, and it's ego. The ego that's involved in the Steelers, and by the way, this specific thing, this specific facet goes back way before Tomlin, where we're never going to let quarterbacks run on us. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And everything gets concentrated on that one aspect, even if it means losing the bleeping game. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I overall not going to be put off by this victory. It was a victory. And the Bears don't stink, by the way. They were 3-5 and five coming into the game. They have some real players on their side, as they showed on this night. And as Sunday showed everyone, anybody can win these games. There's no longer any such thing as an upset in the NFL. But that, that doesn't excuse a poor performance by one area of the team. What we saw by the secondary and by the people giving them their respective assignments. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best. Learn more at pointpark.edu. There were so many J1Qs after this that it's possible 
for me to have assigned multiple J1Qs to multiple subjects, most of them in all capital letters with multiple exclamation points. People were not happy. Jeff Bees comes with one that probably would uh, flare up more tempers in Chicago than it would in Pittsburgh, but it's going to be a subject everywhere. Jeff asks Cassius Marsh with a taunting penalty after having been cut by the Steelers. What do you think, DK? Jeff, I strongly suspect based on the feedback that came immediately during the game, not all of it from Chicago, by the way. A lot of Pittsburgh fans were like, wow, that's a terrible call. We'll take it, but it's a terrible call. I look at this situation primarily from the prism of the NFL having let everyone know going into this season that taunting wasn't going to be tolerated. So from there, I am presuming that the overwhelming majority of the people who watched this game and saw that call disagreed with the call because they either weren't aware of that emphasis or they don't like the rule in the first place. But all that matters... All that matters for this conversation about this sequence is whether or not the rule and the guideline were properly enforced. To me, that's easy. That's easy. Marsh got his sack, which, by the way, was a coverage sack. And he gets up and he does this karate kick in the direction of the Steelers' sideline. Now, that can be a coincidence. Whatever. Okay? TJ gets up and does his kick. His goes towards whichever end zone he happens to be facing. Hard to misinterpret that. This one went in the Steelers' direction. Whatever. So, predictably, nobody reacts because, like, who cares, dude? Could be over. He had his celebration. He could have turned around and gone back to the Chicago sideline like the backup that he is. He didn't do that. He took, by my count, eight full steps in a straight line toward the Steelers' sideline. Whether or not he said a word doesn't matter toward this guideline and toward this rule. The referee, Tony Corrente, felt like he was posing. Felt like he was trying to show the Steelers something. This is one of the areas that officials were instructed, and in turn, coaches and players were instructed, it wouldn't be okay this year. So your team's in a really tight game. Your team's in a desperate situation. Shut up and turn around and go to the sideline and hang out with the backups. I don't care that on his way off, eventually, that he bumped Corrente or Corrente bumped him, depending on who you believe. I saw Corrente's right hand 
reaching down where he keeps the flag as this was materializing, meaning as Marsh was finally getting off the field after, what, like a minute-long celebration? This is dumb. This is a dumb thing to do. It serves no point, serves no purpose. I said the same stuff whenever it was the Steelers getting these flags over the years. I've also seen, heard, and read people say, well, the Steelers went and they really celebrated that interception. They were doing like a rowboat thing or whatever in the end. So that's been okayed by the commissioner of the National Football League. Remember the story? Roger Goodell invited Antonio Brown when A.B. was still with the Steelers to his offices in New York and said, A.B., what would you do to make the game more fun? And A.B. says, well, Rog, we'd celebrate in the end zone. And Rog pretends A.B. has something to do with this and says, A.B., that's a great idea. Let's have some character in the game. So they've allowed, per the guideline, these celebrations, touchdown celebrations, turnover celebrations. They don't allow you to stick it in your opponent's face. If you think the call is dubious or questionable, even after acknowledging the guideline and whatever else here, that's your right. If you think that this rule shouldn't even exist, that everybody should be able to taunt everybody, you know, and let boys be boys or whatever, you have every right to do that. But all this call is predicated on is this guideline at this time. And if you're Cassius Marsh and you have anything at all happening inside that helmet, you're not taking that gamble. You're turning around, going back to the sideline, and maybe later on you'd really have a cause to celebrate and to taunt or whatever. But it would be after a Chicago victory. Instead, it was a Chicago loss that was in large part due to the stupidity of one player. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. I promise tomorrow's will be a lot happier. I really do. They did win the game. They really did.